remind you of a simpler time <laughs> the best of times welcome to another rump chat with an awkward starting song oh no it's not man no oh, it's not doggy style that was the biggest oh that, i remember that, like, opened my eyes that was the first rap album i ever remember like really getting into and of course i listened to that song over and over because i could cuss and like i thought it was cool well and every kid and you and me both growing up in small towns every country kid i guarantee every kid in the country had the snoop dog cd with doggy style oh but that wasn't my first though the first one i got on cassette tape was the chronic by dr dre oh because dre day was on i think it was like 92 or 93 that's the first time Snoop Dogg was in. Uh, That's when he Dr. first got Dre. Him, yep. Remember that one on Dre Day, and they're down in like this basement of a parking garage, and this caddy's bouncing. And he's like, "Bow wow wow, yippee yo yippee yay, Snoop Dogg definitely in the hey house." Oh yeah, God. absolutely, hundred percent. In the day and age of what we're going through right now, as a country in a world with the pandemic, uh, sucks. Awful. It's just good to listen to Snoop Dogg and just enjoy a little bit of time not talking about the stupid, horrible, dumb sickness, the pandemic. That that is just taking over everything. Oh, it sucks. Like, uh, it just, and not just for rodeo people, like, just for everybody, you know? For everything that's been shut down, um, we are... In you know, for rodeo people were obviously shut down. I mean, there's a lot of people that have it way worse than we do, but in our line of work, it sucks. So, like, if you start thinking about the world and the economy and all the bullshit that's bad, sometimes just put on some Snoop Dogg and just pretend that it's you rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice. You know what I'm saying? That's all you can do. That would in definitely this day and be relaxing. You know. You know, uh, <clears throat> it was quite a day for us. Um, we're very blessed to have this opportunity to keep partying with y'all, and, and thank you for you for making the sacrifice because it's about a five-hour drive down here yeah. without traffic. Right. There's uh, no traffic. <laughs> but you and a few have been hanging out at the Harrison Ranch. Yes. And soper okay. Yeah, we have. John Harrison and Carla, um, 
probably two of the most genuinely good people I've ever met. Here, here. You know, they are they are awesome people. So we uh they they built a new house. Uh they lived in Freckles Brown okay. House. Is you that know, what you for, call that? A house or do you call that a uh it's large like, building? <laughs> their that thing is big. Their house is like uh, it half of it's a museum for Freckles Brown. Oh, the original house was outstanding. Oh yeah, it's still there. That was so cool. Yeah, but, but like, but in, obviously, yeah, they needed more room in, for sure, and well, they got more room because they have they have a lot of family. And if you've ever been to Soper, Oklahoma, you know that there's not a hotel. Well, so, uh, Soper. Uh, well, I guess it's Hugo, which is all the same. Hugo Soper well, it's, is like it's the same, a ways but, to it's well a carnival like houses there. It's like a bunch of carnies on their off season. Yeah, it's it's a twenty minute drive into Hugo from Soper, carnies but, and rodeo people. It, Kind of, kind of one and one, right? Well, yeah, married. Well, in one wing of their house, they have a room with like that sleeps ten. Looks like I got like five bunk beds, like a bunk house. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so they they're great. And a lot of the rodeo people um, that have nowhere to go, nothing to do, we all kind of went there. I've got so bored not working rodeos that I actually have been on the treadmill every day. And Whoa. I worked, I worked no, out. No, no, yeah, no, no. I can prove it. You can call Tuck. We can call Tuck in a bit. I didn't do Tuckness's workout, but I did. I was in the same room <laughs> you with Dusty die Tuckness. If you did Tuck. There's no way that anybody can do it. He did this thing where he stood on his hand and did push-ups for like 20 minutes. Well, like he's dedicated. Who does for that? Him. I don't. But I tell you one thing right now. So, Wit made a <laughs> carrot cake. It's sitting over there on the counter. We're at my house right now in uh, Weatherford, Texas. Ah, home of Bobby D. Anyway, yes. which uh, um, we were convinced Ferg was like, put this post up and y'all responded so heavily that we, we were going to save <laughs> part two for Bobby T for next week, but it released today and this will, uh, this episode will release this on Monday, but um, there's a carrot cake sitting over there, you know, because my birthday was this week. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to like, I'm cooking stuff, and I'm just hanging out with Gus. Um, so I'm going to have to dust off the treadmill. You notice we have a treadmill? Did you see it underneath Other, all the yeah. stuff? I think all most the- every American has a treadmill somewhere. <laughs> I, I broke mine back out at the house. Like, I, In all seriousness, I really want to take this time, which sucks, to try to do something good and for myself and my family. And it's been great. Like, Bandy and I, I would never do this. We went to the lake. Just we went to the lake we, which we live on, you know, because yeah. we're out a little bit of money from not rodeoing, but you know, just focus on my family and and uh, like I said, this I didn't get on the treadmill today because I drove here, and yours is full, so I guess I'll just have to take this as my off day. Sure. And it was kind of a cheat day as I had white claws and uh, um, quick trip uh, those chicken rollers. Like for lunch? Oh, yeah. He had God, the uh, buffalo terrible. chicken, the ones that have roll on those rollers. Those are the With the best. Tito's for like 16 hours. I've had that. That is the absolute worst heartburn a guy could ever get. I've got a life. whole deal of Tums, and I'm prepared to use them. But uh, you you get to be home with Gus and to, for everybody that's kind of wondering. And I don't want to just, just beat up the coronavirus up and down and talk about it like everybody else is. We, I've actually just started saying that word again because at first we made a game where if you said the word coronavirus, uh, you had to take a shot, 
and uh, that almost got completely out of control. Really? Yeah, because people Dang. would forget, and you know, and um, but kind of taking you all back in the the rodeo, how it all kind of happened. <laughs> I mean, who would have ever thought in a million years that Houston would be shut down after the eighth? performance yeah we did eight um at uh so how this went down and it, what's funny is the night before chase Servi and i were talking and we're like talking about austin you know and they're like oh man that's crazy you know they almost didn't go but they're gonna go and that's great and then granted excuse me this was a week ago wednesday so a lot of the information that we know now wasn't obviously out yeah um because it's it's the right thing to do what's going on for a little bit but anywho we're like yeah they're never shut this thing down this thing it's a monster here you they're not gonna you know turn down i don't i'm guessing half a million dollars in economic impact to the city of houston and all that they're like they won't ever do that the next day so we were gonna have lunch with our boss uh, the production crew boyd bob uh andy seiler the announcers me and benji uh, some of the other Miss Johnny who calls the whole production and uh, a few others, Patty, the sideline reporter gal. Anyway, we were supposed to go to lunch and um, and she texts, she says, Hey, instead of lunch, can you all meet at my office at two? And we're like, Yep, you bet, no problem. Um, which is not uncommon, you know, things come up. Um, and then she texts maybe 10 minutes later and said, Actually, can you meet at my office in the stadium? Uh, an energy arena at 1230. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So Benji jumps in with me um, and we head there and I get a call from Don Lanley, AKA lawn Danley, the lawn. And he is, he says, Hey, he says, Kenny or his girlfriend, Kenny just uh, saw that the, they're canceling Houston. Is that true? And I haven't heard a thing. Like, Nobody not, did. Not even a rumble, not even a mumble about this. And we have a meeting every day, a production meeting. It's not which like it's a little big. rodeo. I yeah, mean. Houston's production meetings is so funny. Most rodeos, 99% of them, you'll spend 20 minutes on the mutton busting in a meeting, right? Or something, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> something small. Small, yeah. like the Queens. flags going in and out, the Queens. Rodeo Houston, meetings most likely last five minutes. So That's awesome. Which is because you have... I mean, your camera guys shoot NFL games, right? right. So you have pros they know top what to bottom. Doing, yeah. yeah, you don't. You don't have to break down every little thing. Mm. Anyway, uh, so the CEOs in there and all all these big wigs are in there. Not a word. So Lon says that, and I'm like, No, hell no! That's You're, what it's I just rumors, whatever. So we roll on, and then Shane Hanshi texts me, Hey man, it's Houston canceling, and I'm like, I look at Benj, I'm like, What the hell? And then it starts making, Okay. She canceled lunch, our boss, Catherine. And then, you know, obviously, okay, meet at my office at 1230. So we went in early because there's catering and concert catering at the far end where, like, the, all the Houston Texans eat and everything. That's where the production crew gets to eat. So, let's, well, let's go have lunch there. So we went down there and ate lunch. And we saw some of the band guys. Like, uh, Kane Brown was in there. Right. Because uh, he was playing that night. And yeah, and we asked one of the road guys, we saw trucks in there. We just figured they were loading the, the stage with equipment like they normally do. But he said, nope, they packed up their stuff. It's done. And that's when we were like, oh, crap. Like, it's it's really done. And then I got like the sick feeling in my stomach. 
because it's that feeling of uncertainty that you don't know what's going to happen, what the next move is. Now, your 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 mind, my mind is one of those minds that goes in 18,000 different directions, right? So <clears throat> it was Benj and I and Andy Seiler. We went down there. So we walked back down to the other end to Catherine's office and everybody was already in there. And, um, and she, she, that's when she told us like, you know, the city and the, the county have basically shut us down. Yeah. There's and nothing the rodeo no. officials could have done. And I, I think that's one thing that every, a lot of people need to realize that it's not like these rodeos were like, nope, it's over. Like they were shut down. Everybody, you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants to postpone, especially when you think about the at Houston or any rodeo, all the volunteers that bust their butts nonstop to put on a rodeo. And, and then it's like, well, it's over. Yep. So to pick up from you left off, I was okay. So this was on Wednesday and I was in Houston doing uh Bob Tallman rump chat. And so they, I was going to go to Austin anyway on Wednesday because we have our production breakfast at, 8 30 in the morning on thursday where we go around the room and all a lot of the sponsors come in and you know you stand up and say your name and you're just one of those deals well then afterwards we do our full dress rehearsal walk through the so they like yep we're rodeoing we're rodeoing so i get there thursday we set up the camper uh thursday morning go to the deal we do the dress rehearsal do everything everything's good they even bring in we ran through all the tournament cattle like it was a real thing jill franzen uh Loden had set up uh all of her stuff out in the show barn and all the stuff inside and so it was like i was so confident i'm like we're gonna rodeo here you know it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's gonna happen and so we're all after the rehearsals get over we're all hanging out at the camper and and uh randy corley and and Weston Rakowski and Nathan Harp and everybody's chilling and we're all having some cocktails except for Harp. And uh so we're you know, we're like, oh man, this this is great. Then we get the text, everybody meet at the arena at seven. And have you ever I know you've seen it, but if you guys have never seen the movie Fire Festival, not the movie, but the <laughs> documentary Fire yeah. Festival. Fire F Y R E. F-Y-R-E, Fire Festival. This is just what it, called Fire, isn't it? it, it anyway, look fire. it up, F-Y-R-E. When you're home not doing anything, if you want to listen, watch a documentary that will blow your mind of the balls of some people, Well, watch this. This is the difference, but like I know it wasn't their fault, but like on Fire Festival, how this was like, like Austin. So we all go to the arena and... We go in the arena and all the vol not all the volunteers, but like all the people that volunteer for the rodeo were in the arena. And um, so there's all the volunteers and then there's like uh, the bullfighters and the announcers and the Jill and the, you know, sound people. Mm-hmm. So we're all in there and they've got this bar. They got like free booze and uh, every, I, everybody kind of knows what's going on. They're like, hey, free booze, free drinks. <laughs> They're buttering so you, you up. You, you know, we're like, all right, well, if we like I said, we all had a pretty good idea of why we we're summoned in there. And so we drinking and nothing happens for quite a while. Like nobody says anything. And then, uh, the main guy, the CEO, which is, he's a great guy. Uh, Rob Goulding, he gets up and he's like, well, 
it's over. We've we've been shut down. There'll be no rodeo. We're we're sorry. Uh, we'll try again next year. And he's like, you know, an animal house when everything went bad. They said, well, let's party. So let's do that now. And so everybody was like, just sit, stand in this arena, you know. And like it was. It's so hard because we understand their predicament, right? So especially these big, you know, winter rodeos, stock shows, so much based around scholarships for the kids, right? right? And so that affects that. And that breaks your heart for those kids that work their butts off early mornings, late nights, working with all sorts of animals, whether it's cattle, pigs, you know, sheep, chickens, ducks, whatever. That they couldn't show. Rabbits, turkeys, everything. That they can't show. And seniors, this is the last chance, and it breaks your heart for that. And, you know, you never know what the future is. Hopefully, I don't know how that I, – I don't know that world. Me neither. I'm not a – So I don't – I guy. can't really comment too much on it. I just know that that sucks for them. Um, it sucks for the staff that works year-round for that one show, you know, and they're, they're so excited for it like everybody else, and they've got all this stuff planned, and then you n- – no – you can't go. And then there's us who depend on it to pay for our lives. Well, and, exactly. And when it's, you're told, thanks for coming, sorry. Um, you know, uh, Houston was great. Houston treated us amazing. Um, they treated us better than they they could have. I, but, but there's others that, you know, there's nothing. And, you know, I haven't really talked to anybody else as far as my stuff. So I don't know, but it, it's hard because of that uncertainty and we may not get anything. Yeah. Even when you have contracts that have cancellation clauses, you know, what do you do? Well, you go to litigate it. And then, no one has ever been in a situation like this. Yeah. this I, I felt, I felt bad for myself. I was feeling sorry for myself, but then I got to thinking, I, I felt terrible because there's a lady there that had bought 10,000, uh turkey legs she was one of the you know one of the vendors on the in the uh carnival you know or like the the uh the food area mm-hmm. Ten thousand, and this lady's from georgia like that's what she does she goes to different fairs and stuff and and um has food booths and she's like i got ten thousand turkey legs that are perishable that i have nowhere to go with oh yeah they're- you know and on a side note I don't really know any carnies for real, but I'd like to meet some. But how pissed off would you be if you're the guy that had to set up the rumble in the jungle or like build a tilt-a-whirl and you put it all together and then they're like, hey, guess what? Carnival's over. Take it down. Would that not just piss you off? Yeah. Well, like like you said there at Austin, hell, you guys had a, had a, a sound check and a oh, rehearsal yeah. and everything. So everybody was set up, ready to roll. And then it's just like, no, you're not. Oh, it was, uh, it was the worst. Like, it was a bad feeling. It was a kick swift in the nuts it's, is what it is. It this feels, whole thing's a kick in the balls. It feels like it could be a movie. You know what I'm saying? It does. I would still be in Houston, which is weird. I feel like I've been home a month. Yeah. It's been a week, a little over. And I would still be in Houston right now. Like, we would end Sunday. Do you know what the number one trending movie on Netflix, did you see that? Outbreak. Outbreak. I watched it. <laughs> I watched that. I watched uh, Whit, Whit and I watched it. Uh, we watched World War Z with Brad Pitt. It's a zombie apocalypse but I movie. Want, I want to put this um, out here. Don't take your coronavirus advice from the movie Outbreak. Okay. 
Outbreak was a lot more severe, I feel like. Well, it was that dang monkey. It did start in Asia. Yeah. It started in what? No, it was Africa. I'm sorry. Starting in Africa. That one started in Africa. It happened the little, on a boat. With no, the- it didn't. What happened was, what what happened is, uh, they, they started in Africa, and then the monkey, it was from the monkeys, and then this a guy on this boat he was smuggling the monkey smuggled it in the u.s and then a guy from the u.s gets it and then he sells it on the black market yeah bites uh, you know scratches this pet shop guy was gonna buy it and uh, on you go yeah outbreak he's from like 94 morgan freeman um oh who's the the dad from meet the fockers oh my god yeah Oh my God! Uh, you never realized that that was the dad from Meet the Fockers. No, I know who it was. I, I it's uh, oh God, what's his name? Jack. No, not in the movie, dumbass. Oh, <laughs> the actor. He's got uh, a huge nose. Hugh. Uh, Anywho, I I know everybody's sitting in the car or wherever they're at right now, just screaming it at us like you dumb shits. It's that guy. Anywho, oh, and then there was the other guy that uh, uh, Spacey, Kevin Spacey, you know. He, oh yeah, but he's. <laughs> I loved Kevin Spacey. He was creepy, but uh, yeah. So Outbreak is not a good movie to watch at this time, and I truly like. I really do. I hope that by staying away from these events, that something can get done quick. Because sucks dustin hoffman dustin hoffman good lord sorry everybody who's been screaming that for the last three minutes dustin hoffman found out today that red bluff roundup is postponed yeah every year since 1921 till 2020 you know and 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 others uh we do uh, corpus um corpus christi texas but Kudos to them. And in Red Bluff, they 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 said postponed. It's not canceled. They postponed it. So they gave <clears throat> there's an option. You know what I mean? They're they're yeah. not saying we're done. We're not giving up on it, but we're gonna try some things. So kudos to to those rodeos that can do that. You know, some rodeos can't. I, I, I get it. I and nothing against them, but Corpus moving to the end the last weekend of November. So basically we get down there Sunday. Yeah, we're gonna have to be in Vegas like Monday. But I wonder how that's gonna work though, because you know that is right before the finals. You know I don't think I don't think you're going to get the top fifteen because they're not going to want to chance it. No, but I think sixteen on down, which is a lot of good cowboys and cowgirls. You know what I'm saying? You're still going to fill it up, make a good rodeo because you're going to get everybody who has nowhere to go, and that's a lot of money. That's a big tell rodeo. Me, tell me though if this is stupid, and I know you will because you're halfway mean to me, uh, but. I, oh, I was shit. I was telling Steve Kenyon this. Don't be so freaking stupid. You call me crummy. <laughs> Hambone says I'm fat. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I got a lot of room to talk. <laughs> no, but uh, so this is my idea. I told Steve Kenyon and Tilden Hooper thought it was dumb, and uh, but since we're gonna have to miss out on Red Bluff and Oakdale for now, and possibly Clovis and Redding. I mean, all the big the, West Coast spring what is that, rodeos. The six pack or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, think about, but those are big, big, big rodeos. That's the whole spring. That's where everybody goes in the spring is the so West Coast run. If you take out all those rodeos, right? Which is not the summer run. Ha, yeah, not the hashtag summer run. Shut your mouth. I. This was my thought. If you're going to take away a month of rodeoing, let the money count clear till 
Corpus Christi in November. Instead of saying the last day you can qualify money for the NFR is September 28th. You, you can't do that. That's too tight. a month. Yeah, but it's too tight a turnaround. I don't, but here's the I, deal. I, I if get, you want to make the finals, if you want to make the NFR and you're 16th, you're going to have to go to rodeos in October and November. That would be so good for Pasadena and all, you know. You're right. You're right. But but then what do you do the next year? Jerk it, jerk it right out from underneath of them? Yeah. The cutoff they, always was, what, November 1st for years, right? Right after Cow Palace, yeah. Yeah, November 1. So, because back then, uh, Kansas City, the American Royal. And the Cow Palace. And the Cow Palace were the same weekend. Right. But you you can't Give do that. You have, you have to, I think there's too much too much red tape as far as i you know and i don't know maybe i'm I'm, i know i'm speaking out of turn but that would be something need to ask about but i can understand extend it 30 days maybe the end of october maybe you know go to november one but going to november 29th that'd be awesome well and then i guess you could because four days later the nfr starts how do you even do that yeah that that's stupid now that i think about it but man i i would i would extend it one month november one is that gives you one month uh like Tilden Hooper said today, that month before the finals is so awesome to heal and kind of get rested and repaired. You know, uh, but it would be great though to to give those guys to give our rodeo cowboys a chance to regain that money they've lost the March and April and what they do with the money from Houston from the earlier Super you know, Series. I mean, trust me. Do they no, get to no, count that money? No, no. What What's going to happen? What I believe now, this is, they'll release this information. Um, so just because I work it, don't take it for gospel. But what I believe is going to happen is they basically get to keep that money. If they've won money there, um, and I think that was in the, the press release, actually, that the PRCA released. I, I'm not sure. I didn't read it all the way, but they just get to keep that money. Thanks for coming. It, it does not count towards world standings. Hmm. But here, a bright side of things, you know, like Tilden, uh, we had Tilden on. He'll be on uh, 5 o'clock. Uh, we take, uh, Rump and I take over Western Sports Roundup on the Cowboy Channel. 5 o'clock this coming Monday, tonight. Actually, that'll be tonight. Yeah, uh, this will be so. uh, going off, uh, this will go Monday, so that'll be, yeah, the uh, 23rd. Anyway, we had Tilden on, and uh, he he had a good point. He says, you know, the bright side of it is, is um, whoever's hurt, everybody's going to be healthy. You know, at the end of this, when mm. everybody comes back, pray to God. And the last weekend in April, hopefully, you know, Rody was like, hopefully Lovekin still goes on. Oh, Guyman's no. still going on right now. I'm come on. Uh, hopefully this, you know, everybody in America does the right thing. And, and we whoop this. We, we, we flatten the curve as they say on the news, but, um, everybody's going to come back healthy. Yeah. Everybody's going to be healthy. And so it's going to be gone. This is great for oh. Sage. Yeah, I mean, not not yeah, great Sage, for anybody, but he just came back to Houston after hurting. Uh, and getting, had a, it was real rough, you know, because he's he's hurt, right? He wasn't. The, you could tell he wasn't the sage of norm. Well, yeah, he got what three screws and a plate in his ankle. Yeah, and he came back what ten days later, or something like that. Yeah. So, so this is yeah, this has been good for him. But um, and obviously, you ask him, he wouldn't want it that way. No, you know, he's so good. He would have caught up by Reno. You know what I'm saying? No, knowing that guy, but it's um. It's hard. It's hard. Hard for contract personnel. Hard for rodeos. Hard. Hard. 
uh, for kids with scholarships, it's hard on every. I don't care if screw screw rodeo. Everybody in the world is hurting. Yeah, they they were talking about like the hotels, except Amazon. It, <laughs> you know what I mean? Amazon people were like, uh, we just ordered a month's worth of diapers and formula off Amazon. But, you know what I'm saying? So people don't want to go shop. So. They're doing good. But the toilet paper thing is what blows my damned mind. I don't even get where that came from. I still don't know. Does I, anybody know? Was does it a anybody fa- know? I think it was a Facebook post of people fighting over toilet paper, and it kind of blew up like there's going to be a shortage or something. First of all, I don't even think you shit yourself with coronavirus, right? It's respiratory. No, it's. I, I guarantee I had coronavirus at Reno Rosser's house in October. Oh, you did? I swear I had all the symptoms, and I was sick for three days, and it was terrible. But Didn't after, he like leave you like gummy worms and stuff like that? At your, Diet at the Dr. Door? Pepper, jalapeno chips, and beef jerky. But I flew into San Francisco airport and I got sick a couple days later, right? So I'm not saying I had it, but it's a rest. Yeah, you don't poop yourself. It's uh, coronavirus is not something you need toilet paper for, but like I, I, I pride myself on not watching the news and I have it for like four years. But I'm going to tell you this John Harrison watches Fox News 24 hours every time you're in his trailer it's always on and so I've been at John's so I've been watching and was like trying to buy this toilet paper like why is that a commodity like with everything going on you know I, I just I don't see myself as the guy that's like we gotta buy toilet paper <laughs> then everybody's snapchatting like grocery stores um Empty shelves. Yeah. So I went to... The food uh, supply is not damaged. So we went out to eat. My wife surprised me. That sweet, sweet soul of my wife as she walks by us right now is the best thing that ever has happened to me ever in my life. And she's flipping me off. I love you too, honey. <laughs> um, yeah. Sweetening. You're not as sweet as you... Everybody. She's got everybody buffaloed, by the way. She's not as sweet. Is Gus still up? No, he's asleep. He's asleep? I wanted to come have him on the show. That's all right. Run that water. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I'll leave your, that pizza. We'll eat it. What's your toilet paper supply? So like, anyway, I'm Whitney? sorry. I digress. No, you're good. So we needed toilet paper to begin with. We had like four rolls. How many so, do you guys usually go through? Like, I wonder what the Amer- the average American with a normal butthole goes through week to week. Like, oh, wait, tell me. How many squares do you think you go? How many squares do you tear off? Do you go three, four? You don't have to break it. For that, a two. Four sisters, uh, we had to limit our yeah, you had to limit. You had you had four sisters. You had to limit it. So you like like three squares, four squares on a number two. One square. Over. One. So you oh. went two squares. Yeah. Would that get it? You didn't have, Yeah. That that would be. <laughs> that, you must have bought really good paper because the stuff that I grew up with, you had to wrap it about sixteen times before you. You'd poke a finger yeah, through. My dad would buy the toilet paper that it didn't have a brand name. It just said Are toilet paper. It doesn't matter. So we go out to eat Saturday night. Wit surprises me uh, with some friends, and we go out to eat. And uh, one of our friends, Rachel Kennedy, uh, her husband Ty, shout out, is probably in a tractor cussing cows. Oh, right he now. tried to call me the other day. I'm- you need to call him. By the way, I meant to tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's calling me when I was listening to Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. on the way home from Austin. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, he wants, he's, he's got a, he does a bronc match. He wants to talk to you about. Phillips, South Dakota. Phillips, South Dakota. Anyway, Ty. Um, anyway, where the hell was I going with this you went stupid out to story? Eat. You went out to eat for yeah, your birthday. And, oh, and for my birthday, Rachel gave me t- 
two rolls of toilet paper. I'm pretty sure she stole them from work because it's that, you know, cheap stuff. <laughs> Does it say like Cisco on the side? Yeah. I, Which, it, by the way, at, uh, at the Cowboy Channel Studios today, on the back of the toilet, there's like 18 rolls. But if I hadn't got, we went to a Walmart. I finally got out of the house. I was in the house for five days, four days, solid. And besides going out and feeding the horses, I finally got, I stopped by Walmart and they had toilet paper on the shelf. So we're going to come back. It's, well, it's making a bounce back. It, Everybody just needs to calm down. It's so Eat the groceries silly. you have. Well, but the thing is, like, I don't know if that's what people don't understand. Like, the groceries aren't going away. You know, food production hasn't stopped. You know, uh, up in Kansas, and, you know, I give him a shout out all the time, but, you know, my old buddy Stephen Kenoki, the old truck driver, uh, he's been hauling groceries nonstop from Hutchison to Dillon, or from Hutchison to Pittsburgh, Kansas. Yeah. Like, uh, with, I, he's a trucker, and so he's hauling groceries, and he said that, it's kind of crazy right now because so much other stuff shut down that all these truckers are trying to haul groceries because it's the hot thing. So they're all cutting rates to try to get these oh, trucking so it, jobs and brutal. So, but he said the thing about it is, is there's more trucks like there's groceries. So it's not like it's the end. No, you know, stock up. If I'm going to stock up, I'm stocking up on canned goods. Not toilet paper because, like, you can as long as you have running water, you really don't need toilet paper. Well, I, you know what I'm I saying? had so when we got back from Houston and you couldn't get any, I, it's a life hack. I bought three big boxes of Kleenex and some flushable wipes. Yeah. Done. Or you can do like uh, there's a what are those things? They're from France. They're called a bidet. Yeah, a bidet. You don't even need it. You just it. It's it. It's a, it, you it don't washes your bung with water. Yeah. It's like, it looks like a drinking fountain, but it washes your bum. So if you run out of toilet paper, just find somewhere with a drinking fountain. Well, what you do is you put a splitter on the back oh. of that toilet and then you get you one of those like dish sprayers, you know, like in your sink, the little handle, and then you just spray it off. I saw a Facebook I, post, a do, a do it yourself, a legit do it yourself how to do that. I think that if I had to, somebody took the time. If to I'm gonna uh, if I'm gonna self quarantine, I'm gonna have like hamburger helper and ramen noodles and uh, probably some pastas. Toilet paper is just not at the top of the things I need. Well, no, but it's stupid. It was a phase. It was a craze. It was stupid. I, but I hope we can look back on this and go, man, that was. You know, we like, will. remember on MTV when they used to do that show called Remember the 90s, and then they'd bring up, like, oh, so awesome crazy stuff. I, I hope that we can look, you know, look back and be like, man, what a deal. It will be. Well, all right, let's take a little uh, Gold Buckle beer break, because um, we got a man coming up that, uh, hmm, well, needless to say, is a star, and who has been on the show a couple times and people still want more. Bronk Rumford is coming up after the break. But now we'll got to take a little go buckle beer break. Here's some REM. The end of the world as we know it. We'll be right back. Fury's beating down your neck. Team, my team reporters baffle Trump, Kevin Kraft. Look at that, no plane. Fine, yeah. 
with a bucking bronco Was wild as he could be No one could ever ride him No one Such a mean old horse was he Then came a wandering cowboy And he said I'll take a chance Weird, you to take a chance All I need do is spread some glue on the seat of my riding pants. <laughs> All right. You think anybody's actually then ever done that? I bet, I bet Brian Crumford has. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, like we've talked about in this uncertain day and age, uh, when things can be sad or scary, um, there's one guy I can call that always cheers me up. Bucky, the Buck and Bronco, Buck and Bronco Crumford, uh, my dad. And... Um, I was telling you earlier that I wish that we could get to April 1st and have somebody say, oh, this is a April Fool's. There's no coronavirus. Here's your money for all the rodeos you missed, but it's not going to happen. But, <laughs> it's not going to happen, but it's real. But to motivate all the Rump Chat listeners, we are going to call Bronk Rumford for some funny stories and his take on the coronavirus. Yes. He's probably asleep. <laughs> it is uh 10 o'clock 10 o'clock hello bronco rumford you are live on well not live you're, you're but you're recording right now on rump chat how are you old friend it's hambone i'm your, good how are y'all doing bud we are so excited you stayed up past your 7 30 bedtime do you go to well, bed at 7 30 you, you know in this time of uh, isolation you know i usually go to bed about 7 <laughs> 15 <laughs> what are you doing with your days uh bronco now that uh you know school's out because obviously you know we're your rodeo coach so there, uh, you know, nothing's going on. What are you doing with your days? Well, you know, I get up and do chores, and I saddle about three horses, and and uh, move stuff around, and feed and work them colts. And <laughs> what, do you, what do you move around? Anything that can move. <laughs> well, we got. Uh, my kids say that I like to sort, and so we. Uh, we feed everything, we ration everything that we're feeding, which we got about 17 horses and some calves and some steers. And so we move them around. Everything gets uh, uh, so, much, so many pounds of alfalfa a day. And, and uh, we got some mares that are going to foal. And so we move them around and we feed, feed the alfalfa and ride them colts and and he, then he, I come in for lunch, and I usually watch uh, an episode of Gunsmoke. Oh, yeah, you got to. My dad does the same thing. And and then I take a little short nap. You, you know, sometimes it goes a couple hours. <laughs> sometimes it and, and then I get up, and I go back, and I uh, do the evening chores, and then I come in, and, and uh, my beautiful wife and I, we each fix ourselves uh, something to eat. You don't do it together? You don't eat like the same meal? You fix separate meals? Yeah, we fix separate meals. We eat different. <laughs> what do you guys, what is different? Is she a vegetarian and you're not? No, 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 no. But, you know, our tastes are just different. Okay. Uh, like, <laughs> like uh, I like sandwiches and... She likes casseroles, and I don't know. We just eat different. He, my dad likes, and your your dad might too, but 
I think all dads in their 60s like spray cheese on things. Oh, listen, my dad. Aerosol cheese. Vince ate cold meat sandwiches for 42 years when he worked That's every day for lunch in his little lunch pail. Cold meat sandwiches and a bag of Fritos or... Or Doritos if mom could find them on sale, you know. I love I love cold meat sandwiches. I got to say, I do, too. We, I've got about uh, the, 20 pounds of cold meat, of uh, deli meat in the fridge. Colby, Colby Longhorn cheese that I sliced myself. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Uh, you don't buy it sliced, huh? You're, authentic you're, uh, mayonnaise. Yeah, not uh, that Miracle Whip crap. No, no, that's that's uh, that's like that's butter and margarine. That's sacrilegious. The the real stuff, the real mayonnaise. Oh yeah, you can taste the fat in each bite. <laughs> taste the clogged artery. You got to get the right amount on there, you know. And then uh, usually I have th- three or four cans of black olives. Oh wait, <laughs> hold on, Dad, hold on. How many? Uh, Three or four cans of black olives per day? <laughs> in a no, no, in no. one sitting? No, heavens no! Uh, I'll only eat a half a can at a time. That's still a lot. I feel <laughs> depends on the size. Of the They're can. really good. And then I have celery. Oh well. <laughs> well, there you go. Something crunchy. I, I really like celery. Is do, it, do you dip it in peanut butter? I do. Attaboy. I do dip That's delicious. peanut butter. You know, we uh, one thing we always ate at our house growing up was peanut butter and dill pickle sandwiches. Ugh. No, it's really good. That sounds horrible. No, That's it's me not. saying that. You ought to try that, uh, Bronco. Try a dill peanut- pickle and peanut butter. I'm telling you, it's good. I'm uh, I'm gonna try that. Try it. It's good. Try it tomorrow for lunch and let me know, would you? Well, I'll see if we got any any pickles. Will you make one right now and try it? <laughs> Uh, well, I don't think we have any pickles. Get well, on it. Get, get her on it. Bronco, what are you wearing right now? <laughs> Why do you ask? This rump chat wants to know. Uh, uh, I'm wearing my pajamas. What do they which consist is actually, of? Um, it consists of assless chaps, a pair of boy shorts, and a tank top. No. From Jordan. From it actually consists of... A T-shirt. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, moving right along. What? What else <laughs> is required? <laughs> moving right along. And you walk in the room. Okay, helicopter. helicopter oh God! Helicopter. Do you know that my dad? When I I've uh, uh, I would be really mad at him growing up for <laughs> some of the things that he did. It's a wonder he didn't kill me. <laughs> It's a wonder you didn't kill him. I I, I look back and the, some of the things that made me so mad I've been doing to my children. And <laughs> since we've, uh, our spring break's going to last six months. And um, <laughs> yeah. dad, when he would come in to wake me up, he wouldn't just be like, he could have just shook me by the arm and said, hey, Justin, good morning. But, you know, that would be too simple. So what he would do is he would come into my room and he would sing to me and it would piss me off. <laughs> because th- what dad sing what you would sing to wake me up in high school good morning to you good morning to you good morning dear justin oh, it's a beautiful day oh 
I and guess. just wanted right, to right in his ear. Oh, one time I had a boot by my bed. I was gonna try to hit him upside the head with, but he would. He got moved too quick. But um, so uh, you know, Bronco. Well, hey, Hambone. Now you talk. He, he talks about wanting to hit me, but you know, he almost killed me. I mean, for real. How? Well, uh, you know, I take naps. Yeah, yeah, I think that's hereditary. <laughs> and I've taken them naps for years. Well, sometimes when I sleep on my back, I have my mouth open. Mm-hmm. And so one day I'm taking a nap in the middle of the afternoon on the couch, oh, no. and he comes home, and I'm I'm there with my mouth wide open, and I am sound asleep. And he he just pours water in my mouth till it runs out of the corner of my mouth, and I'm drowning. Because he when I he, mean, he would do that, I his... wake up about to drown. Because you got to understand when he breathes, like he doesn't snore, but it's like this is the sound it makes. <laughs> Jr., do you realize you're the same? That's how you sound when you're laying down and you got all that weight. Shift it up to your throat. I don't. That's I don't how you snore. Sound. No, but you breathe hard. Us Rumfords are heavy breathers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's true, Hambone. Bronco. So we we're we're God, obviously trying to spread some joy, and, uh, and you are doing a hell of a job. God I, bless. I want you, you to tell us a, a couple stories real quick. But I was telling Hambone that I was looking forward to April first, when everybody will say, "April Fools, there's no Corona disease." Here's all the money from the rodeos you missed. Everybody go back to work. But obviously that hasn't happened, but but it's not April 1st yet. I want you to tell the story about the cattle drive in downtown Kansas City on April 1st. Yeah, that that's going to come. Justin, you remember what year that was? Uh no, I don't. You you always remember years. I I think it was like 2000 and Two or maybe it was yeah it was right there but anyhow I'm bone we're, I'm I'm sitting around the ranch one day I'd come in had lunch and and watch uh, gun smoke yeah watch <laughs> watch gun smoke take a nap and uh, I kind of settled into my nap and the phone rings and uh, it says uh, Mr Rumford um, I understand that you cowboy and. And uh, you you would uh, do a cattle drive. Well, you know, uh, from time to time, we do day work around here for some of the farmers and stuff, you know, helping them with their cattle. Sure, and yeah, we so I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this somebody from, you know, within 50 miles of here probably needs some help driving cattle. And I said, well, yeah, we, we do cattle drives. I said, uh, uh, he said, well, we'd be interested in hiring you. For a cattle drive, and I so I said, "Well, where where are you going to drive the cattle?" And uh, he said, "Well, in downtown Kansas City." <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. I said, uh, "What?" He said, "Well, he said the cattle drive would be in downtown Kansas City." And I said, "Well, in downtown Kansas City, what are you talking about?" Well, so he he goes ahead and he elaborates that uh, they want to do this cattle drive, uh, and it's going to be on April first. 
Well, so now, as soon as he says April 1st, I'm thinking, you know. Yeah, you're getting the hint that somebody's messing with you. Somebody's jacking with me. Sure. And so we we visit about this, and a couple, three times I say, and so this is on April 1st, huh? Yep, yep. I said, well, so what are we going to need for this cattle drive? He said, well, you'd need 100 head of cattle. I said, oh, you want me to furnish the cattle? Yep. Yep, that we would like you to furnish the cattle a hundred head of uh, Texas Longhorn steers, and or one hundred head uh, of Corey and, he, and Bulldog and Team Rope and steers. What? Justin, don't get ahead of it. <laughs> Sorry. Anyhow, uh, so we we visited about this a little bit, and and uh, so so I said uh, on April first, huh? Yep, April 1st, and you just need, you know, uh, four or five guys to help you uh, drive the cattle. And I said, well, how far are we going to drive them? Well, you're going to drive them 23 blocks. And so we get to talking about this, and I still think somebody's jacking with me because this just doesn't sound. And they want me in downtown Kansas City by 10 o'clock in the morning, and they're going to unload these uh, Texas Longhorns. Uh, in a big pen there, uh, wherever it was in downtown. And then at high noon, when the high noon bell in downtown Kansas City goes off, we start the cattle drive. Which sounds like a great idea. Sure, yeah. And, uh, oh, he goes to telling me, oh, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have all kinds of stuff going. This is going to be a big deal. I still think somebody's jacking with me. And so he says, well, how much, uh, how much would that cost? And so, you know, I, I'm, I, I just think somebody's jacking with me. I said, well, you know, a deal like that probably costs 20000 Oh, yeah. And he, he goes, well, I think that's doable. Oh, shit. And so I, I'm thinking, you know, I ain't never going to get no 20000 out of this, and this is never going to happen. And I'm trying to figure out who's jacking with me. Anyhow, so we get it. And so he says, okay, uh, we're going to send you, we're going to send you a contract for a hundred head of, of Texas Longhorn steers uh, to be delivered in Kansas City. And you guys drive them the 23 blocks on April 1st. So we finally hang up. I give them my address and everything, and they're going to mail me the deal. Well, about three days later, I get a contract in the mail, and 20000 uh, you know, 100 head of Longhorn Steers, downtown Kansas City, April 1st. Well, a couple of days after I get the contract, he calls me, and he says, hey, he said, uh, We've got a lot of dignitaries that would like to ride and go on this cattle drive. And uh, we was wondering if you would uh, rent some horses. And I, well, at that time, another 20,000. Do what? For another 20,000. Well, I didn't get 20,000 for the horses, but but I got, you know, I got uh, 2,500 for the horses yeah but uh any for 10 horses anyhow i said yeah we can we can uh we can give we can bring 10 horses so i i get to figuring well i i we and we got all these uh coriandy steers 
And but I can't get a hundred head of Coriani steers and twenty horses on our semi, on our pod. So I go to figuring, and so I figure, you know, if we can get, if we can take seventy steers, I can get seventy steers and all the horses on one truck, and we'll go up there, and you know, we'll come out of there with twenty. Uh, Twenty-two fifty, whatever the amount was, and you know it'd be a good day's work. And so, uh, a few days later, I get the contract on the horses, and uh, and I'm still thinking, you know, somebody's jacking with me, but I get to doing a little bit of checking on it, and what the deal was, Kansas City had spent the city fathers of Kansas City had spent some. Crazy amount of crazy amount of money uh, for a study to be done on how come Kansas City wasn't considered a really high tech cultural center like New York and some of these. And this radio disc jockey put this whole deal on because he wanted to prove to Kansas City and the world that Kansas City was still just a cow town. And so that was the whole deal. So, oh. so we get to Kansas City on April first, and uh, we leave. We leave here. It, you know, it's four hours up there, and so we leave here about five in the morning. We we get there, and and uh, sure enough, the boy right on Thirteenth Street, right in downtown Kansas City, they got a big uh, pen panel set up. Well, Justin and all of them kids, Jeff Rector and Danny May. And I can't remember who all Justin, uh, Mark, Mark uh, Miller, Mark W. Miller, Mark W. Miller. And any, I can't remember all them guys that was working for us. And they were all concerned because we were in our contract. It called for a hundred steers. And I told them guys, I said, hell, half the cowboys in the country can't count cattle. <laughs> I said, I guarantee you nobody in Kansas City is going to be able to count how many steers we got. He said, just keep and, them circled. <laughs> and so anyhow, we we get there and we unload them. And there's, there's probably, there was probably over 50,000 people in downtown Kansas City. I mean, that this jockey and the media had pumped this deal up the, the Kansas city cattle drive. And I mean, they, and I mean, there were people everywhere and I mean, they had bands going and little, uh, sidewalk beer Food stands vendors. and do what Food, the, they had the corn dog stand right by the load and shoot. I remember that. Anyhow, and they had bands playing. I mean, there was music going. I mean, it was a crazy atmosphere. And so, you know, we're not very bright. Uh, we're just stupid <laughs> cowboys. So I get all my crew together, and I said, uh, all right, guys, I said at noon, when this bell goes off and we open this gate, and we, you know, we're going to drive these stairs down whatever street it was, and then we're going to turn, and we'll go down, and we'll end up, the cattle drive was to end up at, what was that restaurant called, Justin? Wasn't it the Golden Ox? Oh yeah, is that was that the that was no, the one down, that was one. down by the uh, the Kemper Arena one. Yeah. That was yeah, that was down by Kemper Arena. Now this the the, the it was like a oh, famous I can't Kansas City the, the Hen House or something in downtown Kansas City. Anyhow, I tell all of my guys, I said, so I take a hundred dollar bill out of my billfold, 
And I told we all wondered where he got it. Yeah, <laughs> Did what? We all wondered where you got it. <laughs> yeah, I held that hundred dollar bill up, and I told him, I said, "All right, whoever swings the prettiest girl up to ride double while we're driving these cattle gets this hundred dollar bill." That turned out to be the stupidest thing that I've ever done. Because now, all my guys, all they're doing is, you know, panning the crowd for pretty women. Well, and the people that rented the horses didn't know how to ride. Oh, they, but there was, there was probably 400 mounted riders. Yeah, but no, you need to back this up. There was 400 people on horses. And yes. there was six people that knew how to, like, I'm talking <laughs> if, Fort if you Madison, melted, Iowa, Grand Entry. Oh, no. If you melted all the 400 people down and and poured them in a mold to make a cowboy, you, you couldn't have made one. <laughs> a Anyhow, lot of nylon the, equipment. The dignitaries that we mounted, most of them didn't have a clue how to ride. So anyhow, oh. so we're... Boy, everybody, you know, they're they're working the crowd trying to find them a girl because they're all wanting that $100 bill. And so, boy, right at noon, sure enough, the noon bell goes off. They swing, and they didn't even tell us. You know, they'd said at noon, you know, we're, we're going to turn them out. Well, you know, I thought at noon when that bell went off, I thought I would give the deal. Well, none of my guys are really kind of not ready anyhow that bell goes off they swing that gate open and 70 head of steers take off down that street and people just run out in the street with them i mean it was just like in spain the running of the bulls you got you can't even tell where all the steers are at i mean it's steers and people and riders (laughs) and most of them had been drinking and I mean, all of a sudden, we got steers going every direction you can think of, and people, people trying to hold on to their tails. I mean, it was the craziest thing. Anyhow, we we uh, we we continue the cattle drive, trying to keep this whole thing together, and we are not having any luck. Because <laughs> every time we come to a street corner, we would lose some steers. Oh, and, no. uh, and I mean, people, you know, you, you couldn't do anything because you'd run over somebody. And anyhow, we get the main herd, which was like 52, I think there was 18 steers. We were short 18 steers when we got uh, to the end of the cattle drive. But on that deal during the drive, what Jeff Rector, he's, he's going to try to keep these cattle from turning down this one street. And he, he's riding a, whole, a dun horse that I had called Lefty. And old Jeff, he comes roaring down that street and tries to turn that corner to head them steers off. And old Lefty goes down and just whaps oh. old Jeff on the ground in the parking and, garage oh man on and the so concrete lefty, that's hurt that's lefty's, bad. lefty's running loose and jeff's down we don't know whether it killed him or what but we ain't got time to stop did poncho catch him <laughs> did who poncho poncho lefty. i don't even remember who caught him <laughs> <laughs> but i but anyhow so we go on with the cattle drive we get there we're short 18 head so we start rounding up the strays in downtown kansas city 
and we get them all rounded up except one. We're, we're one short. And uh, this guy comes driving by and he said, hey, he said, I just saw a stair going up uh, in the Bank of America parking garage. And so Danny May and I, we head to the parking garage on our horses and we go to the eighth floor of that parking garage and we rope that stair just before he jumps off of the top floor of the Bank of America parking garage. Oh, shit. And we, we get him and, you know, we bring him back down and we get him to the, to the deal. Well, uh, we now we got all the cattle accounted for, but now we have no idea where all of our ten horses are at. The, the I found one road. tied to a parking meter, and so we start <laughs> we start riding around. Somebody just tied it up. Yeah, the, there's just horses just scattered all over downtown, tied to parking meters, <laughs> and not tied good. <laughs> like people people got done, they just tied them to a parking meter and. Went on about their way. They're like, I guess. This, they're like yeah. the, <laughs> just like hell, hell. They're like the Little scooters, them. like when, the scooters in downtown Fort Worth. You, just, <laughs> yeah, you ran it for so far, and, and then, then you, you just, just leave, leave it. it there. When the, well, anyhow, when the whole deal was over, we had all the cattle. Jeff, it hurt him. They took him by ambulance. Broke his leg. Uh, oh, shit. And we had to go get him. And he had kind of a slight concussion and boogered up the side of his head. And lefty, he was all right. But we had all the stairs and we had all our horses. And so we stop in this. We go to this uh, uh, over there on 435 and Hillside and uh, to this uh, restaurant and bar. And we're having dinner that evening. And people don't know us from Adam. You know, they don't know who we are, but I mean, everybody's talking about this cattle drive. Oh, there was 300 head of longhorn steers. No, there wasn't. I count them. There's 200 and every, every number imaginable there was people up said, to 100 head up to and anyhow, and boy, this guy, they saw this guy's horse fall and it hit so hard. It popped his eyeballs out of his head. I mean, the stories were hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> anyhow, we, they gave us a check and we, we got, that was probably the most profitable thing that we've ever done in the rodeo business. And all because we thought it was going to be a, um, all because we thought it was going to be an April Fool's joke. But I, I really thought it was funny when we were got most of the cattle back and we were counting. And uh, you guys were like, yep, there's 70. And then the guy that hired you goes, oh, my God, we're still missing 30. <laughs> like, like, oh, no. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. We said we'll bring up to 100 Texas Longhorns. <laughs> Oh, it was crazy. I will never forget that. And I tell you, Hambone, sometime you ought to, I suppose they would, if you called the Kansas City Star and they go back in their files, they would still have some of those articles that was written after that. And and they allowed how Kansas City was a cow town. And no matter how hard they tried or how culturally uh, upright they wanted to be, they will always be a cow town. Did but you get paid? Just, yeah, we got paid. Right. Yeah. Up to. And 
they uh but i mean some of those articles were 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 just hilarious that one guy said boy that was that was the greatest thing i've ever seen in downtown kansas city but i'm not sure we can stand to do it again you know i don't think i ever got paid for my part in that so with all these rodeos yeah, yeah you did i i traded part of that for your time you uh hijacked my trucks and livestock and went to carney <laughs> oh well okay yeah. so we're even everybody here at rump chat you heard I it didn't did say we tell we that story even. last time oh yeah oh we did okay I, I didn't say we were even i just said i, I deducted part of that from there <sighs> uh God, it's oh, good here. here we go uh, anyhow it was crazy now here it is no april 2nd 1997 97 no, it wasn't that long ago was it well, evidently. Um, hold on. For a while, Kansas City looked like just another cow town. Radio host Mike Murphy yep. organized a second annual April Fool's Day cattle drive through the city's downtown streets. Um, Tuesday's herd number was 103 Texas Longhorns <laughs> who had their own ideas about where to roam. Champion cowboy Stacy Belt. Oh, Stacy Belton, the Osho, Missouri. I forgot. <laughs> Belt, Belton. Yeah, uh, told Kansas City Star he felt like a grain of sand being transported by the flow, <laughs> whatever that means. One steer broke from the pack and charged into the crowd. Two hundred parade watchers charged, or while watchers watched, while the rest of the herd swept ahead. All but three wranglers. <laughs> Five other steers attempted to explore the side of the entrance of a store. And the rest of the herd ignored the parade route, preferring to mosey to the courthouse. About 50 of the animals found their way into a parking garage where they were lassoed and tied to parking meters. <laughs> I don't That's, remember the, any steers being tied to the parking meters, but there was a shitload of horses tied to parking this meters. This is the uh, UPI. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the, United Press and International. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri, April second, nineteen ninety-seven. Dang. I'll be. Did it seem like it was that long ago? Twenty-three years. And that was the last time they asked you to do that, huh? Yeah, we just did that one time. <laughs> I like when people but, say he charged into the crowd like a Corian. He's going to try to hook anybody. <laughs> Texas Longhorn. No, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> It, but, them stairs handled so good at home, and they really <laughs> when he's moving them around there too. But <laughs> I mean, we just around. had so much interference. I mean, it was just crazy. <sighs> they handled good because my dad was literally like, we'd get up in the morning and sort, <laughs> and we'd sort. There's no rodeo or nothing, just no. sorting. We'd sort rodeos and buys. Then we'd look. He'd look at a pen. He'd be like, okay, uh, <laughs> kick all these back out. Like, what the hell? We just spent an hour and a half sorting. And he's like, you know, Justin, when you get older and you have your own livestock, you can do what you want to do. But for now, you're going to do what I want to do. <laughs> like, why the hell? That is always true. Sort I remember of... giving that speech. But he does. Brown Grunford moves shit around. Like, if there's a horse in a farm pen, like, let's uh, let's get that horse and let's uh, let's move him up here. We'll move the other one back there. For what? And bone, I still do that. Now, well, you know what? It's your livestock, Bronco. You can do that if you want. We need, but, uh, you know, in this day and age, you got to create work for the saddle horses you're training. I want to hear one more Bronco story because, like I said, we need laughter and fun, and with the world needs school it. School being shut down. You, uh, as a um, somebody that's involved with. Um, 
the education system in college, you actually found a way to, uh, you know, your students love you as a coach and, and being a rodeo coach has got to be hard. And like we've talked about, um, on the college rodeo segment, uh, we have a lot of college rodeo kids that, uh, listen to rump chat. So we love them, but you know, college kids are, are like those steers going down the road. Some are going to follow the parade route and some are going to need lassoed in the parking garage and tied to a parking meter. Would that be a fair uh, assessment? Well, yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, all those kids want to be good. Sometimes they just have trouble figuring out, just like them steers did that day. They get to, they have trouble figuring out the correct route. <laughs> Sometimes the wranglers just can't do enough to keep them on the on the right track. I guess you could say. I mean, well, that's that's true. So, oh, by the way, Hambone, nobody got the hundred. Yeah, nobody nobody got the hundred because. It was such a shit show. Like, it was the ultimate disaster. It was a wreck. No, yeah. Oh, it was a huge wreck. Did, so, but, but did anybody, did any of you guys get a, a, any sort of chick on your horse? No. Nothing. Because you were chasing, stampeding steers into the crowd. They, they stampeded and we lost control it was about one minute after the gate was open. And, it, and at that point, nobody even remembered swinging any girls no. up behind them. Can you, uh, can you give us, uh, as a the Fort Hayes State Rodeo, can you give us an update? So is Fort, Fort Hayes State is officially closed for the rest of the year? That's the story at this point. Oh. So tell us about what's going to happen with college rodeo kids, like uh, with the CNFR. I mean, you guys got to do five rodeos? So what I've heard, and granted, and uh, go ahead, Bronk, you, you may know the story. Go ahead. Well... Um, you know, they're considering, I mean, there's lots of things being considered right now and the college national finals at this point has not been canceled. Thank God. And you know, they will continue on with it and you will just, whatever rodeos your region had, that's what, uh, that's what they said there. I heard. Uh, Bronco was there going to lock in the top three right now. Yeah, but that sucks. That's I, not... It does. But, you know, like the College World Series, it's the same, like the same way, right? Because there's a there's regionals, super regionals. There is, it's a huge thing just to get those, what is it? I, I don't know what they take, seven teams of color, nine, something like that, to the College World Series. Um, no, it had to be an even number. It don't matter. Anyway, um, so they, but they canceled the College World Series because – there's so many games leading up to that. So they went ahead and canceled that, which sucks because that's probably, I don't know, I would say $100 million to the economic oh, impact of Omaha. Oh, yeah. You know? It, probably easily that much. Maybe maybe more. I'm sure more. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. But, but yeah, so that's – but at least they're going to have it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. That's a tough call. So well, it call. is, and they're they're also discussing giving all those kids, you know, uh, another year of eligibility. And that's what they're talking about doing that in the uh, in college basketball because because uh, you know yeah, obviously the March Madness canceled and the, who, the wrestling tournaments. All the good all the good basketball players in college basketball go in the NBA. Let's be honest; like they're not, not coming back. Not, I mean, not all of them. It's been a rough year anyway. Because did you see the KU K State? Uh, fight at the basketball game? Yeah, that was stupid. 
the little ruckus they had. It was that no was ruckus, backyard Bronco. Brawling. That was a kick. Ass. That was a kick ass. I saw some women getting knocked over. If that had been, if that had been Whitney or somebody, I would have. I would have got my ass kicked, but I would have. Yeah, you would. I would have landed a blow. Um, He'd have remembered me. But so Bronco, sometimes uh, as a you're the the college kids who are of age, by for the record, sometimes your guys want to have a beer with you, you know, because you're a cool guy, and uh, you know. A while back, I want you to tell about your your beer drinking story. Well, going to have me, a beer with your with your of age friends. You, let me tell you about my philosophy. I think you have got to be interested in these kids' lives, and, and I and to be interested in it, you, you've got to be involved in parts of it. And you know, there's there's areas that. Uh, you know, that I, uh, you know, I like to hang out with them kids, uh, but I like to do it, you know, in a manner that's acceptable and, uh, and, you know, uh, so, but I think you've got to be interested in them and I think you've got to be willing to, to hang out with them part of the time. And anyhow, uh, my schedule when I'm at school uh, and I'm up there when we're rodeoing, I'm up there three and four days of the week. Uh, and I stay in my living quarters trailer. I plug it in there at the, at the, uh, at our practice arena. And I, I stay right there. My day, I get up at about six o'clock and I feed my horses and, uh, saddle my horses for the day. And then I get ready, and then I'm usually at the office by seven thirty. You forgot to you forgot about going to McDonald's and getting the senior discount breakfast. Well, uh-huh. I, I do. Yeah, you're right. I do go through McDonald's. I get three pieces of sausage and a large unsweet iced tea with extra ice. <laughs> Vital part morning. of the day. Vital part of the day. And then I I don't leave my office for lunch. I don't eat again all day till evening. So anyhow, and I usually get the office about seven thirty quarter to late. And one of the reasons I get there at that time is because I can park right by the door that goes to my office. It's strategic. I don't Hell have to yeah. walk. And so then I, I'm in my office and I work on, you know, I work on our rodeo, uh, you know, on some recruiting deals, uh, work, you know, with the alumni association, um, you know, uh, trying to raise money, uh, just do a lot of things. And then we practice about four. So about three o'clock in the afternoon, I leave my office and I go back to the, to the arena, go straight to the arena and change my clothes, get ready to practice. And we start practice at four and I'm usually a horseback all practice and, because uh, I'd rather ride around than walk around. Yep. And so, anyhow, we we practice. We go through our whole deal. We post the order we're going to practice in. We practice every event every day, and we usually get done. Oh, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock. And uh, once we're done with practice, I put my horses up, and then I go and I get something to eat, usually just to drive through, and uh, take back to the trailer. And I'm usually back to trailer with my supper by nine o'clock and I eat my supper and then I go to bed. 
That's my routine day in and day out. And so one night, there it is. One night, I'm I'm in bed. It's about ten o'clock, and this young man calls me, and it's his birthday. And he said, Bronco. He said, Come to my birthday party. He said, Everybody's here. He said, Ross is here. Simone's here. Everybody's here. He said, Come to my birthday party. I said, Matt, I'm in bed. He said, get up and get out of bed. He said, you need to be at my birthday party. And I, so I tell him, well, let me think about it. So I hang up and I get to thinking, you know, if it means something to them that I'm there, you know, I probably ought to go. So I get up and I go and I get to this house where they're having it. And they've got the whole living room cleared out, uh, hardwood floors, and they got music going, not not terrible loud. And I mean, they're dancing, and they got a keg of beer. But every, everybody, everybody there is of age. And anyhow, you know, them kids, I mean, very well behaved, uh, just kids having fun. And, and uh, you know, it was just very well. I was really impressed with just how, uh, orderly it really was, you know, cause you hear all these horror stories about college birthday parties. Well, so we're, we're there and, and all of a sudden they start chanting keg stand, keg stand, um, ham bone. I didn't even know what a keg stand was. Oh, now Bronco. I, oh, I really didn't. didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't. So anyhow, Ross Armstrong, big kid standing right beside me. And I poke old Ross and I said, Hey, I said, what is a keg stand? And old Ross go, he smiles. He says, you're fixing to find out. And about that time, four of them grabbed me. And I mean, they tipped me upside down, run this hose down my throat, and commenced to pretty near drown me. <laughs> they did. And Bronco upside down over the keg of beer. Anyhow, uh, boy, I'm and I've got... You know, I can't drink all the beer that's uh, that's running out of that tube into my mouth, and I'm upside down, Pussy. which makes it harder. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I don't think much about it, but when I kind of open my eyes, uh, you know, just as they take me down, I see about 50 cameras. <laughs> well, you know, I don't even think nothing of it. And anyhow, everybody had a big laugh, and... And you know Bronco, he was he's kind of the entertainment for the night. No way. And uh, anyhow, so I don't know. It's about eleven o'clock, and so I tell old Matt, I said, "Well, Matt, I'm glad I come." I said, "It's a nice party," but I said, "I'm going to ease on out and go back home." And well, he thanked me for coming, and so I go back. You know, next day everything we proceed. Uh, anyhow, that was in the fall. That was like in late October, maybe. And anyhow, I go to the NFR and I'm gone out there, you know, three weeks. And when I get back from the NFR and I go back to school, I get a message from, uh, the Dean of the school that the ag department's under. And so to, that they want to see me in his office. Dun, 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 dun. And I, I don't, 
you know, I don't know what this is about. I have no idea, but you know, so I send back, well, yeah, I'll be there. So at the appointed time, I, I go back there and, and, uh, walk in there and boy, he greets me, you know, and we shake hands and we sit there and visit, you know, just kind of some small talk. And, and all of a sudden he says, uh, what do you think about underage drinking? And I said, well, I said, it's against the law. And, and I still don't know what's coming. And he says, well, what, uh, uh, do you buy beer for underage kids? Well, Hambone, uh, sure I, do. I, I can, I can, no, he uh, never would. I know. I can vouch for I it. Tried. Uh, through, through the Butler and Son Rodeo Company, I don't ever buy beer for anybody. <laughs> well, yeah, well I, neither does your it, son. Yeah. I know. I taught him that. <laughs> if, if we are going to drink a beer, somebody else bought it. And I dang sure don't buy it. I don't care if they're of age. I don't care. I don't buy beer. <laughs> you don't, you t- t- and, ass. And so I, really? I still don't know what he's really getting at. But when he asked me that question, I looked at him and I said, well, I can pray 20 people through here that will vouch for the fact that I don't buy beer for anybody. And so he says, well, do you drink beer? I said, sure, I'll have a beer. And uh, he said, well, do you have a beer with your kids? I said, oh, yeah, once in a while. Uh, we do. I said, the ones that are of age. And, and I said, uh, you know, we don't, ever, we don't ever drink on campus, and we never drink during practice. But I said, you know, uh, there's a time or two I'll have a beer with some of the kids. And uh, <laughs> so at that point, he flips the – monitor on in his office there and here i am doing this keg stand <laughs> somebody snapchatted a picture of bronco hold upside down oh uh, no damn snapchat anyhow anyhow he says what do you have to say for that and i said well i said that's me <laughs> i have a beer right and now <laughs> he said what about all them underage kids well, at that point, I'm starting to catch on now, and I look him right in the eye, and I said, let me tell you something. I said, I can name every kid in that video. I said, you want to you wanna slow it down? I'll point them out. I'll name them, and you can uh, go there to the registrar's office and check their age. I said, there is not an underage kid in there. And I said, I'll tell you the name of every one of them kids. And... Uh, he said, well, that's really not the kind of image that we want our staff and personnel to have. And he said, yeah, I think you're going to have to do some apologizing. And so at that point I asked him, I said, do you, do you, do you drink? And he said, yeah. He said, I'll have a beer. And I said, well, have you ever drank with kids? Oh, well, yeah. A time or two, you know, we'll be at the queue or something. And, and, uh, are you in the bathroom right now? Do what? Are you going to the bathroom right now? Did you set us down the counter? You got real echoey. No, I, I just... Uh, no, you're <laughs> taking a piss right now, ain't you? No, no. So anyhow, so I said... Uh, uh, now you made me lose my thought. You said Where it, was I? So you're talking about... So you told the, the well, dean that he had a beer, and he said, yeah, I'd have a beer. So I said, uh, so I said, how do you usually drink your beer? And he said, well, usually, he said, if I'm going to drink, I drink it, 
you know, sitting in my chair at home after I get home from work. And I said, well, I said, then it's just logistics. I said, I like to drink my beer standing on my head over the keg. (laughs) And, And I said, I'm of age and you're of age. So I said, I guess, you know, our drinking habits are just logistics. Oh, God. He says, well, he said, all right. He said, uh, I'm, I'm going to be good without explanation. But he said, you're gonna, still going to have to apologize to the president of the university. Well, at that time, we had just had a new president of the university, a gal from back east. And so I said, well, I said, I'll go visit with her. But I, said, I looked him right in the eye and I said, but I'm not apologizing uh, for, you know, uh, having that beer and doing that i said because i didn't know i didn't do that on purpose i said uh you know i was uh, didn't have much choice in that matter i said as you can see there's four of them guys holding me and i said uh, but i said what i will apologize for is being stupid enough to let them kids video it <laughs> exactly Damn so cell he, phones. He, uh, so he he kind of laughed at that and he said, well, that's good. So I made an appointment with the president of the university, and I went to her office, and we visited about it. And I told her, I said, you know, uh, I said, I think you've got to be involved in them kids' uh, lives to some point if you're going to have any influence on them. And I said, I think it's more important to try to – I said, if you think them kids aren't going to have a beer, I said, you got your head in the sand. And I said, I think it's more important to try to teach them how to do it, you know, responsibly and how to figure out when, you know, uh, the time to quit and when the time to to not quit. And I said, there's a lot of I said, you you can look that a lot of ways. But I said, if you want to just stick your head in the sand and tell them kids, oh, don't do this. I said, you're you're just dreaming. I said, because that's not going to happen. Have you done a keg stand since? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> well would you, know you what? would I, you at the bfo next year that is we okay yeah bfo vegas next year bronco will we'll do a keg stand no, in the if arena there are no cell phones if there are no cell phones oh, no, we, this this will be video recorded but there will be the no college kids we will you. have a voucher <laughs> you have to fill this out a all, voucher uh, this is off college campus you're not on the job we we uh now whoever's we passed the rule in our rodeo club now at any parties you have to check your phone in at the door that's a good, <laughs> that's a good rule well bronco <laughs> be- before we let you go i gotta ask you do you have any tips for the toilet paper crisis of 2020 well you know it's just crazy i mean you can't hardly find a roll of toilet paper to buy and uh, we ran out the other day, and thank goodness I found that steel brush. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, I've not had any trouble. <laughs> well, oh. huh, that would definitely cure the itch. Oh, why would you do steel that? Steel brush. Uh, you know what? I'm going to send you two rolls. I found uh, I got a package of 18 at Walmart the other day with only two of us. <laughs> Gus isn't quite in the, uh, using toilet paper yet. Well, yeah, cough it up, your neighbor kids. Later, you all right? Oh, I'm good. Okay, that's that's the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't well, quarantine yourself, Bronco. I'm telling you what, you are uh, you are a staple to this show, and you have a <laughs> lot of fans out there. 
And as soon as we can line you and Uncle Tommy up, we're going to get you both. Tell us some Rumford childhood stories, the Bronk and Tommy stories. Oh man, cannot wait! Can we get that lined up? Does Tom does does Tommy still want fifteen hundred dollars for coming on the show? Probably. <laughs> He's a wheeler. Tommy's out for making money any way he can. Well, I tell you what, we will send it. Well, we don't have any more three X's. Rump we will send him up to fifteen hundred. We'll send him a ball cap if he wants there to come you go, on the that'd show. That would work. So, can you talk to your brother? And say, I with both of you come on during this crisis because I'm pretty sure we can get a lot of buzz going on social media. It always is after you come on, uh, Bronco. <laughs> Everybody loves you, your stories, and and again, we haven't even. And some we're people just think that Uncle Tommy's not real. Uncle Tommy's real. We even talked about him with Bob Tolman on those episodes. Yeah, Bobby. I, I heard. I listened to your Bob Tolman, uh, your first deal. It was so good. You got to listen I, to the second I one. Remember, he talks about, like, I flat. remember Bob saying, "I love Tommy." Yeah, he did. And, he, and the second one, he talks about flying with Hooter Brown and yep. Cotton Rosser and Mike Servey and staying at the Playboy Ranch. Yep. Not the Playboy Ranch. Or the Playboy, Playboy Mansion. Mansion. Sorry, but not in the grotto. Yeah. He said he stayed in the separate ring or wing. Yeah, okay. Anywho, all right, Bronco, man. Get some rest. Get some rest. All right, and- well, you guys have a good evening. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, bye. bye. Oh, Bronco. God. Los Bronco. He, 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 there is no DNA testing needed <laughs> with you two, but that's no, awesome. Well, I tell you what, um, you know what? It's been awesome. Another good episode. Thank you all for for everything. Seriously, you know we're we're you know, one hundred fifty thousand downloads, which is just it blows our mind. Thirty three episodes. This is thirty four. Um, you know the Cowboy Channel wanted to do stuff with us. Obviously, they need content. Yeah, you know, so it's you know, but we actually talked to them in Denver. They they had mentioned something. Yeah, before one it all of the went guys down, so. uh, before it all went down. So which is pretty cool. But it's a uh, thank you. We yes. really, we really appreciate everything, and and it's a it's a lot of fun, and we're just gonna keep having fun. But anyway, we want you all to stay down, stay hunkered, wash your hands, wash your hands. Sorry, I had to mute my muted. Save your toilet paper. Wipe once, think twice. <laughs> Living on the road, my all right, friend. We're gonna let you go. Here's a little Towns Van Zant. I just want to tell you, this guy wrote more songs. He is uh, back with Waylon Jennings and Guy Clark and all them. They all went to, they were in Nashville. This, these guys started Austin, the music sound there. So this guy writes a lot of really good songs. And Poncho and Lefty, which Willie made famous, this is his song. But anyway, sorry. I watched a documentary the other day, so... Anyway, or the horse lefty that Jeff Rector wrecked in a parking garage. Yeah, exactly. All right, y'all. We'll see you later. See you, buddies. Take care. Rub Chat Podcast. On the deserts down in Mexico, and nobody heard his dying words. That's the way it goes. And all the federales say they could have had him. Out of kindness, I suppose Well, Lefty, he can't sing the blues All night long like he used to The 
dust that Poncho bit down south Ended up in Lefty's mouth The day they laid poor Poncho low Lefty split for Ohio And where he got the bread to go Oh, there ain't nobody knows And all the federales say They could have had him any day And only let him slip away Out of kindness, I suppose 